Wow. I don't even know for sure where to start. So I'm going to read from Ephesians 5, starting at verse 21. Submitting to one another in the fear of God, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. And then I'm going to read the first verse of chapter 4. Therefore, the prisoner, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called that I just read. Um, so, we were asked to share our story tonight. Um, I will turn this over to Jana for a little while, a little bit. Um, and I'm going to, for two reasons. Number one, I'm going to respect her as my elder. And I'm going to respect her because she's my wife and she's a woman. And I, that's how I was brought up. So I'm going to let her speak and then I'll finish. Can't, I, changed, I changed my mind. Let's sing that first. Yeah. I guess I'll love it because it's pretty fast.
So I've been thinking about this for a while, um, ever since Steve said that Kent called him, I don't know, a few weeks ago. What was I going to say? Um, never done anything quite like this before. Not a, really a public speaker here. Um, but one thing, the very first question that came into my mind and has still been there all along is, do you believe there's a God? Like it was kind of for me, and I guess I'm asking all of you that too. Um, I'm going to be honest, there's been times I didn't think there was a God because of the way our life was going, things in our life. Um, it was like I had it, I had it separated out, and I still struggle with this to this day. Um, it's like he's there for salvation and that whole realm of things, but when all the other obstacles in life were over here, and I, I still struggle with that a little bit, a lot, actually. Um, he has helped our marriage overcome multiple addictions and is still working through the fallout Let's see. Working with us through the fallout from them day by day. Um, when we dated, it wasn't really a smooth ride. Many, many years of our marriage were not a smooth ride. Um, lots and lots of days I wondered, is this marriage going to survive? We had three boys. What was the future going to look like? Um, to this day, there are triggers that still happen that will flip me right back to one of those addictions that we dealt with in our marriage. Um, just this spring, something happened, and it was literally like it was yesterday. Do you remember that? I mean, that's just what happens. Um, I, I carry images in my mind that I've never told a single soul. It's stuff I've seen, but I've never told a single person on earth. Nobody knows it. Um, we dated four years. We have been married 36 years. Um, I don't know. Our 10-year anniversary, there was no marriage left. That's where we were at. We, got, we started getting help. And it took a long, long time to get us going the right way, but, but we did, through God's help. Um, we, started, we started with counseling, we've been to marriage retreats, we've had mentors. Um, we started picking up like devotions, like doing them together. We've done some other couple studies. There's just a lot of tools out there that we've used over the years. Um, you're kind of getting a condensed version here, but anyway, because of his, I mean, I feel like our marriage shows his strength and power, how strong and powerful he is, because, yeah, I feel like we've been able to shine his light more bright to others um, because of things we've been through. It's not been a cakewalk in the park. Our family, our three boys and their wives and our youngest son who's not married at this point, um, they're all believers. Um, I feel like we've been able to put our energy into outreach together because we, we have pulled together, unlike the way it was for many years, pulled together 
we have like a common union, common goal. Um, we've done some disaster relief. We work with Royal Family Kids Camp and just local mission stuff. Um, last, last fall, we went to a family life weekend to remember. Um, I'm sure there's people here that have been there. Anyway, there was a couple of these plaque cards and if I have it straight, it, it, one said from one mess to oneness. And we, we got our pictures taken with that and Steve has that on his screen on his phone. And I thought that just sounds like a whole mouthful right there. Um, we've been able to to spend time with our family, which is scattered from here to Indiana now, and done family trips, and they've been peaceable, you know, and I mean, we've had trips that weren't back in the day. Um, I would think with the crowd this size, there are, there's more people in there that have struggled with something than just Steve and I. Um, if there's anybody here that's struggling with something and you don't have help, reach out and get it. There's a lot of help. There's a lot of ways to get it. There's a lot of willing people. We have a humongous network, state or coast to coast. Um, this is a couple things that have come to me the last week or so. Ask yourself occasionally, I mean, every day would be great, but that might be a little bit of a burden is what I'm doing, and like fill in the blank, is this an asset or liability to our marriage? You know, think about whatever it is. I mean, it can be anything. Is this an asset or is it a liability? Because we've had a lot of both. I'll just be frank. Um, and this is something I just thought about today. So communion season is sort of on us right now. Um, we... I will admit that we do attend New Conference and Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel does communion every month, I guess, actually. Twice a month. Twice a month, anyway. Sunday, uh, Sunday and Wednesday. Wednesdays. Twice a month? Mm -hmm. Oh, well. Anyway, one of the things they do is, or everybody does, is self-examination. And I'm like, so do self-examination in your marriage once in a while. You know, does this look like it really should look? By me being a Christian, by me being in my position a wife, what's it look like? Is it okay? Does it need to improve? You know, um, I would really like to encourage, I was thinking about the crowd here since we've been here, a lot of you, not 100%, but a lot of you are like our kids' age and younger. I really am seeing some positive things that did not exist when we had our kids and before we were married and when we were dating. I'd like to see it continue on. There's, there's some super good changes. Um, let's see here. Luke mentioned he was talking about passionate commitments, and I'm not going to get it all, but what, what it triggered with me was is decide what your goals are. Now, it's kind of what you're doing this weekend, what little bit I've heard. 
you're, you're figuring out what your goals are and what you're committed to and what you want to change and what you want your family to look like and your children to look like and whatever. Um, I think that's super good. Um, let's see here. He mentioned something, and I can't remember now because I didn't write it down. I just wrote down what it struck me as. This cell phone thing, I would caution people to be super careful about how it affects your relationship with your spouse, how it affects your relationship with your children. Don't steal time you're going to wish later you regretted. You know, we lived without them for many years. Most us older ones, we lived without it most of our life. Don't regret what, you, what time you let it waste and what it stole from your family, your wife, your husband, your children. Um, other relation, other friends. I, I am just going to leave it at that, but I have seen some other that I have been, it's, it's kind of upset me. I, Thank you. So, homes on purpose. Um, as Jana stated, our home didn't start out very on purpose. Um, in fact, for quite a few of my years of my life, I was probably a fairly selfish person. Um, yeah, I was a very selfish person. Um, but I want to share a story with you. We were, God gave me this, I feel like he gave me this for a reason, and it's come forcibly back into my mind since I've been thinking about this testimony tonight, and uh, back at Christmas time, we were in Indiana with my oldest son, and he's got a five-year-old son. four-year-old four son, and I got the opportunity to teach him how to ride a bike. Um, so I'm going to kind of paint that picture a little bit in your mind, and then I'm going to try some parallel, pull some parallels off of that. So we were there one day just relaxing and spending time with the grandkids and he was riding a bike he had a bike it was a small bike I've seen some of them around here this weekend real small but it had training wheels on it and he could ride that bike and but as he'd ride it I got to watching him and he could the training wheels hardly ever touched the ground. And so I was like, well, why don't we take them training wheels off? So I took them off 
and got him a bike without training wheels, same bike. And I put the training wheels up on a shelf out of reach and out of sight. And I tried to get him to ride the bike and he rode a little bit and fell over and he'd get up and he'd done that like twice and then he got mad and frustrated and so he went from that to he tried to find the training wheels. He wanted to go back to the training wheels. We heard about that tonight, going back to Egypt. And it, he was just frustrated, angry. And, but I just, we hid the training wheels finally, got rid of them, and, and he went on. And over the period of that day, for a couple, three hours, we just would keep working at it, and he finally learned to ride the bike. I had to help him start, but then he rode to ride the bike. So we were there in Indiana for three days, maybe after that, and, and every day he wanted to ride his bike, and he wanted to ride his bike, and so we would do it together, and when we left, I was still getting him started. Two days after we got home, I got a picture, and he's riding his bike. He's starting on his own. He's riding it everywhere. So we go back in June. We went back there, and he's now riding a bigger bike, a much bigger bike. He can ride. He can take off on his own. He rides that bike until he... You know, he's going up a hill somewhere, and he hits a bump, and but he gets back up, and he rides. He's got a goal. He, to the point that he had stepped up another step, and he was riding his dad's bike. His feet can barely touch the pedals when they get to the bottom. He can't touch the ground, so he can't ride. I mean, he can't start. So the next morning, he wants me to help him start. Again, here I am. So I helped him start, and he went a ways and fell over, and I'm sitting on the porch drinking my coffee and just watching him, and I'm thinking, now I wonder what he's going to do. He's going to call me and want me to come help him start. No, he picks up the bike, he walks over to the barn, he leans it up against the barn. He climbs up between the barn and the bike and gets on the bike and tries to push away from the barn so he can take off. But he don't quite have enough ability to do that. So he finally does. He gives up, he comes over and he asks me to help him start to ride his bike again. So we did. And I just got to thinking about that the other day when I was asked to share this. And that's exactly what I've felt like my walk with God has been like. And I just want to share with anybody here that has any question about where God is in any area of your life, He's right there. Always ready. 
to pick you up. He's always ready to help you get back on the bike. And he's always ready to meet you at the other end. Always. There's never a time that he's not there. I mean, I looked at that, and I, that's how I felt when this boy was riding the bike. I never wanted to run back in the house and do something else. I was always there, and that's the way God is. I'm telling you, God is always there. But he's not going to get in the way of the bumps. He's going to let them bumps come because that's the point in time when you get drawn back to him. I've had countless bumps. And I know there's some here that are several older years older than I am that have had probably more bumps than I have, but and can testify to this, but he is there to pick you up. He will actually come. He's, he's seeking your heart. All it takes is one little cry. Peter, when he was walking on water and started to sink, he said, Lord, he cried out, Lord, save me. <clears throat> That's all it takes. So when you're failing as a father or as a husband, there's only one place to go. Now I just want to share that, that there is only one place to go, and that's right here. I, Spend, um, spend time, we've heard about it already this weekend, about seeking the heart of God. Go there every day. Make it priority. Get up in the morning. The first thing you do is go pick up the Bible and read and get to know Jesus. He wants to know you and he wants you to know him. Get to know him. That's something that I chose to do, finally. Um, and I'll just say this, that before that happened, it, it's hard to lead your family. There's, you can't do it without it. Um, yeah, I went through the motions. I took my wife to church. I took my children to church. I did all these things, but I really didn't have that heart-to-heart -heart relationship with God, with Jesus. Until I got that, there wasn't that. I never led my wife that way until after I got that heart connection with Jesus. When you can get in the Word yourself, personally, then you can learn to lead your family, whether it's just your wife or if it's 
your wife and your kids, or maybe it's your grandkids even. And I just thank God that he's given us that ability. Um, kids are great, but grandkids are even greater. Um, yeah, she said it's been 36 years. They haven't all been good years, but they have been the best years that we've had, so... Um, We are, we do have a purpose. God's give us that purpose clear back in Genesis. He told us to leave and cleave. And he's told us to go forth and multiply and fill the earth. And we have, yeah, we have that responsibility, and I appreciate what I'm seeing. I want to just encourage you to, yeah, go where, go where it's at. This is the answer. There's nowhere else to go. I, God bless you.